We're talking Dynasty Startup ADP on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. We're back talking dynasty startups because Curtis and I, as you all know out there, are currently in one and I cannot get startups off of my mind. Before we get into the football talk, though, I have to ask Curtis a question here. What is this madness about you competing in a bodybuilding competition? And what are, what are these videos I'm seeing of you, you know, in the tight fitting, almost spandex like clothing, you know, curling some massive weight? What, what, what's going on here? Well, let's clarify a few things. First off, um, not a bodybuilding competition, <laughs> uh, powerlifting competition, rather. Uh, I, I'm a pretty vain person, but I'm not that vain okay. <laughs> to, to be a bodybuilder, <laughs> but I admire the discipline. Uh, so if you are a bodybuilding type and you're listening to the show, please do not be off put by that comment, but you also know there's, there's a, a you, you gotta love you a little you if you're going to do that sport. Um, so no, this was power, this was powerlifting Dave. And, um, okay. you know, I, I grew up in a house where, I mean, my dad literally had me in the gym, uh, probably when I was six years old, um, yep. there's, there are, there are pictures of me holding myself uh, from a chin-up bar at 11 months old. So, I mean, my dad, you know, he put this in my head uh, from the time I was born. And he was a competitive power lifter. You know, I'm in my mid-30s, mid to late 30s now. And he was still competing uh, in those events when I was growing up. And so I remember those things. And he's been out of the game now for 25 to 30 years. Well, now at age 64, he's getting close to being in the senior division, has his sights set on some world records for the drug-free powerlifting competitions. So this year is a year where he's kind of getting his feet wet, getting back into it. I agreed to train nice. with him and do a father son thing. So we go to the triflex or triflex. I, yeah. <laughs> tri-state, not triflex. We're talking about that in the episode, but the tri-state um, raw federation drug raw federation is just drug free powerlifting. Yep. Uh, so Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania last weekend and compete. And what's pretty cool is, uh, Papa Patrick uh, and I each uh, took home the title. Um, so I, I competed in the submasters, uh, the submasters division, thirty-five to thirty-nine age, and, and weighed in at one ninety-eight. Then I won the strict curl. Um, the tri current. I'm the, now the reigning tri-state strict curl champion, uh, which is pretty cool. And uh, my dad, at age sixty-four, actually set two new Ohio State powerlifting records uh, in the bench press and in the strict curl. So uh, we're starting a powerlifting dynasty here in the in the Patrick household, I think, Dave. And uh, we'll see, man. I'm I, I'm I think now I've got a goal of achieving a world ranking in this event by the end of the year. So yeah, maybe we'll check in once in a while. See, so you, you got to hold me accountable to staying in the gym. Yeah, absolutely. And congratulations. I mean, that's really cool that you and your dad are doing this together and finding success. I also like it shows the dedication to something, which is also what you bring. Oh, wow. He's that's a pretty sick trophy, dude. He's holding. A, I wish people yeah, could see this. Sick that's trophy. a really sick trophy. It, I love it. Nice. Uh, definitely the coolest trophy I've ever won. That Yeah, that's pretty sweet. So that dedication is what you take to your dynasty teams. Um Pretty soon, maybe we'll get, you know, one of your, you have two sons, right? Yeah, I got two sons. Uh, yeah, obviously, Dave, I came home. My my oldest, Kellen, is nine. Yep. And I'm like, 
Kellen, man, you know, you, you could actually, you could compete at nine and 10. Like there are world records for nine and 10 year olds. Like we need to get you on the deadlift. I think that's the one that he has a, a shot at. So we'll see. I don't want to push my kids that direction. It's, you have to like it. Yeah. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, anyone listening we've all been in phases of life where you, you want to stay in shape. And then other times where you're feeling more lazy, you're not motivated. There's nothing worse than trying to make somebody exercise. who doesn't want to exercise. Uh, and that's certainly the case, like to, to train, uh, repetitively or, or with any amount of passion. But if you show some interest, yeah, man, maybe we'll get three, three generations of Patrick's out there, uh, competing in the same tournament. That would be pretty cool. So you guys would literally be tri-flexing if that happens. Oh yeah. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have to, <laughs> that, that's great. That's a perfect segue too, man. Let's talk about these triflex dynasty leagues. I'm getting uncomfortable talking about my biceps as much. All right. All right. So while Curtis is building his body, listeners will be building dynasty rosters. We're going to play a game here. I'm going to say the name of a player uh, and his ADP. And now, unfortunately, you know, we don't have enough Triflex startup ADP to you. So we're going to go with just your standard Superflex startup league ADP. What you're going to do, Curtis, is you're going to tell us if that player's ADP is too high or too low. You cannot say that you think it's just right. Um, so even if you don't have a strong feeling, you're making a case. I will give you two passes for which I will have to answer for that player. Let's try to keep these answers to two minutes or less. The first player is Aaron Jones, who currently has an ADP of running back 16. Okay, I think Aaron Jones is too low, especially in comparison to other backs uh, who are in front of him. Um, but he's also probably too high for our Triflex format. So this one's really interesting. You can you can take it either way. I do, I do not want Aaron Jones. Uh, his ADP is uh, 40.3. Is that what we said? Uh, so yeah, he, he's going in the early fourth and in a, in a format where I, I can start two quarterbacks and three wide receivers and tight ends also get a premium. I don't want to be taking, you know, a soon to be age 26 running back on a second contract this early as part of the foundation of my team. However, he is going behind Derrick Henry, who's like a year and a half older and playing for a new OC and coming off of two straight 400 plus touch seasons. So I think Aaron Jones is a value relative to other running backs, but I'd much rather have uh, wide receivers, quarterbacks, or even, you know, if Darren Waller is still available in this range, I'd, I'd prefer him. Yeah, you're not going to get any pushback from me there. Also, uh, J.K. Dobbins is ahead of him, which I am not buying at this point in time. So I just felt compelled to push that in there. I also actually think that Ezekiel Elliott, who's in front of Aaron Jones, and this might be a conversation for another time, Really shouldn't be in front of Jones because I feel that good about Jones's outlook in the next two seasons. Got to keep this moving though, man. Um, Zach Moss at RB thirty nine. Is that too high or too low? Uh, that's too high. I don't want either of the current Bills running backs, Singletary and Moss, uh, both going to be vultured by Josh Allen often, uh, especially from the touchdown perspective. I don't think the team's very happy with what they got from Moss. Singletary hasn't really developed, though. You know, he looks like, you know, he could be a nice, you know, complimentary receiving type back uh, for the duration of his rookie contract anyway. Buffalo, there's a lot of rumors about them being a big player in the NFL draft for running back. Um, so, and, and, and I really think that, you know, for a team that's built to win now, 
A lot of times those are those teams that are willing now to invest early in a running back. We saw it with Kansas City last year and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Those luxury picks don't seem like luxuries, I guess, uh, when you've got Super Bowl in your sights. So Zach Moss at RB39, um, you know, going ahead of pretty much any rookie, going ahead of a player like Gus Edwards, who is a guarantee to be more involved, Naheem Hines, who can be involved uh, multiple ways, and especially as a receiver, uh, even Kenyon Drake. Uh, I think Kenyon Drake getting new life with this new contract and being a versatile weapon, uh, even though he's an older player, I think is sure to have more, you know, value in any format really than Zach Moss. So he, I think probably any number that you said after RB for Moss would be too high for me. Uh, he's going inside the top 12 rounds of startups as well. Uh, just would rather have like, I mean, many, many, many other players. Uh, he's, he's far too high. He should probably be outside the top 50 running backs and you shouldn't consider him like in the top 16 rounds of a draft. Yep. I, I don't think I need to say very much very much else there. And like you, I'm not going to be shocked at all if we see the Bills try to draft a running back um, that could surely come in and replace both both of Moss and Singletary. What about uh, Stefan Diggs at wide receiver seven? Pretty high ADP for a wide receiver, but Stefan Diggs is really, really good. What do you think? Okay, so he, yeah, Stefan Diggs, uh, wide receiver one in expected fantasy points last season. And the big worry with him uh, going into last year is, you know, the the whole narrative around wide receiver uh, free agents changing teams. And I think between him and DeAndre Hopkins now, I think that seems like more of a coin flip uh, scenario. I'd, like, you know, if you're good enough and you go to a place that also has a good quarterback, maybe we shouldn't fade those receivers trading, uh, trading teams. Maybe it would be the guys like Corey Davis who go to a new team that have no quarterback and the team also sucks. Um, so so that's another one uh, for another episode. But Diggs, a wide receiver seven, I think is too low. You know, he's just entering his prime. He stays with the elite Josh Allen. Brian Dayball stays in Buffalo. That is really, really, really big. Uh, Brian Dayball, the architect of the Buffalo offense, staying there uh, with that chemistry. I would rather have Stephon Diggs than Devontae Adams. I understand that Devontae Adams... Uh, lit the world on fire last year, but Diggs is several years younger. Um, and, you know, Green Bay can do a lot to upgrade its wide receiver core uh, and potentially eat into that, you know, league uh, leading or or at least near league leading target market share that Adams had. Diggs was already competing uh, with the likes of Cole Beasley and John Brown last year. And Emmanuel Sanders kind of just feels like a direct swap, uh, you know, with John Brown for me. So I think his situation really does not change. I'm also more comfortable with Stefan Diggs than DK Metcalf. Uh, I, I don't think that that DK is going to get the type of uh, volume uh, in Seattle that uh, Stefan Diggs has seen. So much safer play. And then just from an overall ADP perspective, Dave, 35.1 overall. I mean, Diggs is a borderline first rounder in Dynasty for me, even in a super flex startup. So he's one of the biggest bargains on any board right now. Well, it's almost like we work for the same site, seeing as Diggs was my second round pick and I was super pumped about it in the TriFlex League that we are both in. I think that there's a super compelling case for Diggs as the wide receiver too right now in Dynasty. And if somebody even wanted to push him up over Justin Jefferson, I am not going to give you a huge argument about that. So I, I like your thoughts there. This one's an interesting one. Allen Robinson at wide receiver 17. Like Diggs, Robinson is 27 years of age. Of course, 
He's in that situation in Chicago, not nearly as good as the other players might have, but we've talked about it, that he seems to be one of these players that transcends it. So 17, an overall ADP of 65. How does that feel? Oh, man. It, this, this is the toughest one you've given me so far because uh, he's simultaneously likely to outperform wide receiver 17 while also probably not being able to do anything to improve his dynasty value, which is something we look for when we're investing in players. The Bears bringing in Andy Dalton to to uh, captain that ship is not going to excite anybody. And the Bears should also you know, look to continue to add other offensive firepower, which could eat into Robinson's uh, you know, lock on being the alpha there over the last couple of seasons. So let's see who else is around him. I mean, Amari Cooper at wide receiver 18. I would rather have Cooper in that Dallas Cowboys offense, even if he's the wide receiver two there to CD lamb and the over the long haul would prefer Cooper to Robinson. We also see Keenan Allen, who's of a similar age, maybe a little older than Allen Robinson, but he's paired with Justin Herbert and that exciting uh, ascending Los Angeles attack. Mike Evans, I think is a very similar dynasty asset to Allen Robinson, but he has Tom Brady. So when you start looking at who's just behind Robinson, he's got the worst situation uh, from a head coach standpoint and also from a quarterback standpoint. So I'm going to say he's too high. All right. That is fair enough. Let's take a look now at Odell Beckham Jr. at wide receiver 37. Okay, you told me I get two passes. And I'm not going to pass this one because I'm scared of it because I actually have strong Odell Beckham takes, but I know that you do too. And I'm also a Cleveland Browns fan, so I actually want to sit back and listen to your take and make sure that I'm being uh, unbiased about this. So uh, let me flip it around on you. I'll give you the stats. Odell Beckham Jr., 108.5 overall. So we're talking first player off the board in round 10, that would be. Uh, and he's wide receiver 38. What do you think, Dave? Uh, it feels weird to say it, Curtis, but I got to tell you something. I think that's too high. If forced to choose, I think that's too high. Last season, the year 2020, in terms of expected points per game, OBJ came in at 40. Did not do a whole lot with these targets. I think he's in a situation that just doesn't seem to be working out for him. This was a guy who started off his career as an absolute dynamo. Last two years, he's been in that wide receiver three range. I can't take away the fact that from 2014 to 2018, the highest rank he had in PPR per game was wide receiver seven. I understand that, but this just feels to me like a player that's not trending in the right direction. I understand that Cleveland could get better, but I'm looking at this list. Now, keep in mind, OBJ is already 28. This career is not on the right trajectory. There's guys behind him like Adam Thielen, who I might rather have Adam Thielen in the next two years. I also see guys like Debo Samuel, who I think is in a situation that could work for him. Heck, Will Fuller could be this huge player in... Um, Miami, you still have Marquise Brown. You know, quarterback situation isn't great there. Curtis Samuel, there's a lot of guys I'm seeing behind him that I can make a much compelling case for their value moving up. I think people are soured on OBJ at this point, and it's going to take a lot for that value to readjust. Not saying that it can't, but I'm not going to be betting for it. Sometimes there's players you have to say that the sun is setting on them, and I think the sun is setting on OBJ obligatory uh, Tyler Lockett plug here, Dave. We talked about him the other day. Tyler Lockett is, he's wide receiver 40. Tyler Lockett. Okay. Seattle just signed him to a mega extension and all he does is perform. Tyler Lockett is wide receiver 42 
in dynasty startups in round 10 it is the freest money ever it's it's egregious that i know odell beckham is a great brand name and you know he's a much more intriguing personality than tyler lockett who's basically like just the most quiet humble vanilla personality in the nfl but this this is this is ridiculous and i agree that you know i think every name that you specifically pulled out are they're all players i would rather have uh than obj uh, so, so yeah, uh, de- definitely overvalued here when you look at who's going behind him. Yes, completely uh, glad that we are in agreement there. And I, I do think it's something that some people m- might think is kind of like an odd, just it's an odd thought to see him at 37 in Dynasty right now and saying that he's going too high, but it just really comes down to who's behind him. All right, we're going to do a lightning round here. Uh, basically, I am going to toss something out. I want your very quick reaction to it. Christian McCaffrey at fourth overall in a super flex league on a scale from delicious to repulsively gross. Where does this land? Hmm. I think it's, oh man, that scale is so loose. Okay. So this would be like, okay. uh, So, uh, making out and ending up with the other person's gum. Okay, so you you at least were making out, but ideally you don't want to be chewing their gum. Uh, McCaffrey is what happens after all the top quarterbacks are off the board, and it's like he's the ultimate consolation prize. But you know, please don't take him at. I mean, at four, I guess it's like modestly gross, um, but he still could win you your league for the first year or two. So it's one of those things where it's like it's it's good and it's not i mean i don't know does that does that you know analogy or uh, uh picture paint what i think it did in your head or did that not land all right well i i think it depends on a couple of a couple of factors <laughs> here uh, i mean it probably depends on who who's on the other end of your making out and then i also need to know if the gum still has flavor like is the gum stale at that point or does it still have flavor Okay, so it's it's somebody presumably that you're attracted to, and the gum is regionally uh, is like reasonably fresh. Like this isn't like this is not like you know making out with with Blair or something. Okay, this is it's like you know, right. So Blair, Blair, I love you, but uh, I would answer uh, I would answer differently if I'm swapping gum with you versus you know my beautiful wife. Uh, so there you go, Dave. Uh, do you have the info you need now? Uh, yeah, I think we can move on. We have now gone. We actually called an episode last week <laughs> "Uncharted Territory." This was really uncharted territory. Uh, D- Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara are going in the twelve to fourteen range. Overall, Calvin Ridley is going at forty-three. How silly is this? Is this silly? I think it's silly. Uh, hold on. It, the title of the episode could be "Swapping Spit and More Dynasties Takes with Dave and Curtis." Um, workshop with that okay so uh <laughs> dalvin cook and alvin Kamara in the 12 and 14 range calvin ridley 43 yes yeah, it's, it's absolutely silly i mean you think about uh life remaining lifetime value from a dynasty perspective however to be fair you know we're pulling adp from traditional uh ffpc dynasty startups and you know i think that's really what's driving this is the the requirement only to start two wide receivers when we see this TriFlex Dynasty ADP come out, it's going to be very different. I've actually been very impressed, Dave, in the startup that you and I are in right now, uh, competing against one another. Uh, the, I mean, there's been a massive shift. There's been a, a big adjustment 
and how many early wide receivers we're seeing. And I think that this is going to be great for the dynasty landscapes can be great for our tools. It's going to be great for FFPC players uh, to have this balance uh, between players. So I think when that data comes out, uh, you know, I really is going to be going in that range where he's, you know, kind of knocking on the door, you know, with these, these backs that are on the backside of their career. Yeah, because for me, I view Calvin Ridley as in a range that's pretty close to a lot of the receivers that we talked about when we were talking about Diggs. So to me, it's just nuts that he's going so far back, and especially when you're looking at the the rest of the value he could have over the course of his career. All right, TJ Hawkinson in FFPC Superflex Startups, keeping in mind it's tight and premium, is going at 60 overall. Is this too hot, too cold, or just right on a Goldilocks scale there, if you will? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the, like the reference there. Um, I think it's what you have to do in, in a tight end premium format. I think it's just right. Uh, he does have some upside, you know, new quarterback, uh, coming in opportunity to establish himself as the, the number one target getter in Detroit with also Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones moving on a lot of moving parts in Detroit to kind of wrap our heads around. So it's, it's just right. You look at the, the players around him. He's actually going a couple spots above, Mark Andrews, I actually don't really mind that. I think Mark Andrews has shown us what he is at this point over the last two seasons with Lamar Jackson. You also see Chris Godwin, who is, uh, you know, just one other hungry mouth to feed in in Tampa while still obviously being, you know, a valuable player. Um, it, it, feel, it feels right for TJ Hawkinson. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I'd say it's just right. I mean, I wouldn't put him ahead. <sighs> Kyle Pitts, I have to put ahead of him. I know it sounds nuts, but I mean, he's not going to get past Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller at this point. I think it's perfectly fair. He's above Mark Andrews. I like Fant, but I think that they're both in a situation where you'd have questions about the quarterback. Don't know exactly how those are going to be addressed. And Hawkinson at this point has less competition than Fant. So that feels like the perfect spot for me. Uh, Hey, Curtis, I am putting in my, my pick right now in the DCC guide... Uh, one quarterback mock draft. I'm taking Najee Harris. You are going to be on the board. Um, Want to just give a quick preview for listeners of what's going to be in store in volume two? Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, I'm glad that you're mentioning this here. So, okay, so for those of you who haven't bought this yet, what what we're really trying to do is have uh, a, a rookie draft guide. That's it's not. This is not a prospect. Uh, this is not. 300 pages on, um, you know, who the prospect was, you know, friends with in high school, who recruited him, um, you know, film angles and things like that. There are some great resources out there for that type of analysis and breakdowns on players. If that's what your passion is, we're really just trying to identify which players are going to be successful for fantasy purposes uh, at the next level. And, you know, using uh, analytics as a a basis for that. Um, But then also, you know, reading the tea leaves on things like, draft position and how can we predict that based off of athletic measurables, et cetera. It's the whole road of his method just applied, you know, to rookie scouting. And so uh, back in early January, we released volume one uh, that was based basically on player production profiles, uh, 35 to 38 pages, if memory serves correctly on that. Uh, some great articles from from Dave, myself, Sean Blair, Travis May, our lead Debbie coordinator, who really we trust uh, to gather all that information while players are in college and volume two is going to add in all that pro day uh, performance analysis. And, you know, now we can really start building some of these regression uh, tree models that everyone loves so much from our site and start to compare some of these players and things like our workout explorer tools, which I know Dave, that's going to be one of your pet projects for this 
for this volume of, uh, of the guide. And, you know, I just really want to give a shout out to all the great work being done by all of our writers and analysts without the NFL combine. This was a huge undertaking to keep track of all this stuff. Travis may, I don't know how many hours he spent, uh, you know, putting together this massive pro day article that he stayed on top of for weeks. I mean, actually months on end. Um, and so, you know, you'll see it's 17,000 um, so, yes, you know, 17, words, 17, 17,000 words. I mean, uh, really just have to tip my hat to him for staying on top of all of that. You'll see a kind of a, for subscribers of the site who also buy the guide, you'll see a little bit of a revitalized version, uh, of what you've already seen on the site there from Travis, but you'll see other content that is not found on the site from me, Dave Blair and Sean. Uh, and this is really going to focus on what that athletic measurable piece of the prospect profile puzzle adds to the situation. And then in just a couple of weeks, we're going to have NFL draft capital. You're going to get that volume three. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to be ready for those FFPC and other format dynasty drafts right on schedule. We'll have that third volume out uh, before those drafts the week after the NFL draft. going to be very tight weekend for Team Rotoviz, but we're here uh, to deliver for you. Um, so if you haven't bought the guide yet. You can actually go to rotaviz.com. Just click on uh, rookie guide, I believe, at the top of the, the page there. And uh, you can still buy it. Yeah, it just says rookie guide. You can still buy it. Um, if you purchase now, Dave, do you still get volume one? Does that happen automatically? I, I'm not sure if we've actually, yeah, actually, yeah, actually you talked do. about those mechanics for volume two. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you will still get it. It's in there. Well, there you go. So there you go. It's still, yeah, you still, yeah, you're not going to have to email customer service and ask for it. It's just going to automatically happen. So that's yeah. great. Appreciate uh, Dave putting together all technical aspects of things on the site for us. So, uh, so, so really, you know, Hey, it's 20 bucks. You're going to get three volumes. You're going to see how we've adjusted players as more and more information comes in, as we've had more time to study these prospects. It's like the easiest no brainer you're going to have a good leg up on anybody you're competing against in your dynasty league. And it's also just fun. If you like prospect analysis and, you know, maybe you do your own rankings, it's just another way to add additional information, some pretty cool graphics in there as well. Uh, so, you know, it's an easy 20 bucks. Head over to rotaviz.com and click on the rookie guide link at the top of the page and add it to your cart now. And that takes us to the end of this episode. No better way to close. Again, want to win a t-shirt? Send in a question or comment to 978-615-9214. We will see you on Friday. Thanks for listening to the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at rotovizffshow at gmail.com. Visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener-only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.